on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Guessman, and on today's show, we're going to be recapping the absolute beatdown the LA Galaxy put on San Jose, and we'll quickly gloss over the friendly against Barcelona. Then it's off the team news, including the All-Star game, the homegrown game, player of the week, and surprise news about a new high school program that should set the LA Galaxy apart from the rest of the league again. Finally, we're previewing the Saturday night matchup against the Houston Dynamo. Will the LA Galaxy get a road win in 2015? Do you know? Does anybody know? It's a packed show once again, so with no time to spare, you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here's your host, Josh Getzman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fun episode of Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Josh Guessman, flying... Well, I was going to be flying solo today. I was going to tell everybody I was going to be flying solo today, but fortunately, fortunately, I've been rescued by one of my very good friends, a man who's been on the program very, very many times. Actually, anytime I get in a jam, please welcome to the show our guest co-host this time, Mr. Alexi Lawless, Fox Sports Soccer Analyst. Alexi, how's it going? It's going, it's going. Always a pleasure to hang out with you and talk about uh, the galaxy and, and other things. Yeah, it's a, it should be fun. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there will be no lack of talking between you and me. I think we both can, can fill out a show pretty nicely. But I think the first thing to start to talk about here is we have to go all the way back to, to Friday, almost basically a week from when this podcast comes out. Um, but the LA Galaxy playing against San Jose and the LA Galaxy with uh, uh, the debut of Mr. Uh, Steven Gerrard there. So, um, you know, some some exciting stuff for Galaxy fans and, and the Galaxy continue to win at home, Alexi. I mean, that's not a new storyline, but it's something that's a, at least good news for the club as they continue to climb up the standings. And as they continue to evolve and transition with some very big players arriving. And so I think all eyes, uh, whether they were Galaxy fans or not, were on this game to see how this uh, this new 2015 Galaxy was going to function with Steven Gerrard and where he was going to fit in on the field and how it was going to work. And certainly at the beginning, it wasn't working so well. Right. He, he barely touched the ball. And just from a, a scoreboard standpoint, Galaxy found themselves down uh, to nothing very, very early. And what was, what was interesting for, uh, for those of us uh, that were watching it was how advanced of a position that Steven Gerrard was, was uh, right from the first whistle, yeah, uh, almost playing in a in a, a striker type of location, uh, which is which is different than we've seen him in the past. But at a certain point, it's it started to work, and and the galaxy that we've come to 
expect kind of emerged from what was, has to be said, wasn't a great start. No, no. And, and Bruce Arena said so himself. He said, you know, a, a bad first 15 or 20 minutes. I think the guys agreed it was it was sloppy, but it was also... Alexi, they, they played okay going forward. It was the defense that sort of, it, it was the rebounding, playing both sides of the ball that seemed to be uh, the biggest issue when both of those goals were sort of just scrappy, sloppy balls that, uh, you know, San Jose did well to counter on it and score goals. Yeah, and that's going to be the, the situation going forward for, for, for the Galaxy. And, and obviously Omar Gonzalez is going to come back and there's going to be changes and, and Giovanni Dos Santos is going to get thrown into the equation too. And we'll talk right. about that, I'm sure, later. But the the problems and the weakness of that counter is going to be something that has to be addressed because the Galaxy can go forward and the Galaxy can score goals. And we have seen in the past where a Galaxy has said, forget defense, we are going to score a bunch of goals. And that didn't work out so well. I was actually a part of the Galaxy a while ago um, when we said that. And we scored a lot of goals but didn't win a lot of games. And you have to have that proper balance. And they were picked apart from a counter uh, perspective, those spaces opening up. And Credit to San Jose, the way that they did it was very, very good. And then a, uh, a set piece that you just can't have. You've got to be able to clear your lines and get that, get that out. So they looked up and they said, we're not playing horribly, but we're down to nothing. Yeah, you're and de- then they went to work. I, I think for people, at least the, the feeling in the press box was, and, and I think I turned to some of the people who were sitting around me, and I said, you know, this game's so not over. I mean, especially whenever you just put in the whole, hey, it's a, it's a Cali Classico, the LA Galaxy versus San Jose. I mean, you know, this is going to be a big deal, um, you know, and, and so I don't expect the Galaxy just to lay down. And plus, the way they were playing, it was close. It was always, and sort of in, in the games before, it was always just inches from sort of being perfect, the combinations with uh, Gerard and Keane and, mm-hmm. and then Sebastian Leggett. You were inches away from being looking really nice. Um, it just wasn't connecting and clicking yet. And then, you know, sort of the, the thing that turns everything around is, is the penalty call on, on Steven Ger- Gerard there in the box. Um, you, you've probably taken a look at it, Alexi. Um, for me, it is a penalty. I, I'm not saying it was, it was one of those absolute 100% that's a penalties, but I could certainly see how the referee would call it one. Oh, it's a foul. It's, and therefore, it is a penalty. I think... The, the the more interesting question is, had the roles been reversed and had Tommy Thompson <laughs> been getting uh, elbowed in the face by Steven Gerrard, would, would the same thing have happened? Right. And the answer is no. But that's, that's the respect and that's the cachet that having a big star brings. And I hate to break it to you or anybody else, but that's what happens in sports, not just soccer. Stars get calls. And, and that's, that's part of the value that he brings uh, on, on the field. Right. And so, absolutely, it was, it was a foul. You can't lead with your arms, even if you are a small little player. And I don't think Steven Gerrard is going to feel... Uh, that uh, any embarrassment, although a little guy just completely outjumped him and in, <laughs> in the process fouled him, but hey, that's uh, it, it. It planted that seed that to the referee that hey, there is a guy called Steven Gerrard who's out there on the field and he just got an elbow to the face. Right. Hmm, what should I do in this moment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those no brainers. It's a, it's an easy one for for the referee to call. I mean, I and you understand it, and I and I constantly say, Alexi, you can see the opposite of that happening with the younger players on the LA Galaxy. Somebody like Jose Villarreal or sure. somebody like Sebastian Legette doesn't necessarily always get the calls that they should because they're not established yet. They don't have that name recognition. They're not one of the veterans. The referees don't know them and whenever that happens in MLS, which is a very physical league, um, you know, you sometimes you don't get the call. So we, we got this one. That's fine. And then the argument becomes, and not an argument between anybody else but those who don't pay attention that much, <laughs> Alexis, who's going to take the penalty? Yeah, today? yeah. And, and given the history that we, that we have with, with Steven Gerrard and, and 
the amount of times that we have seen him step to the spot and, and bury it. It was, it was interesting to see how that dynamic happened in those, in those seconds. And this is Robbie Keane's team. Yep. And that was a dramatic illustration of what it is. And, and I don't think that there was any problem in it. And, and as a matter of fact, I, I probably, if, if I had to make the decision at that point, if I was Bruce Arena or, or whoever, I wouldn't have had him take that. Right. Because he, he's got enough problems just trying to figure it all out here and trying to figure out where he fits in on and off the field and, and that type of uh, um, adjustment that he's going to make. Don't add more pressure to him. He'll get, the, he'll get his chances in the flow of the game, but don't have him step up there in the penalty kick, especially when you've got a guy like Robbie who wants to take it, who's feeling it, and maybe even felt it even more because of the, the climate and the situation that was going on in that moment. Yeah, and despite the fact that Robbie Keane maybe doesn't have the uh, best record whenever it comes to penalties, I know that I sometimes slap my uh, my hand against my forehead anytime he goes up to uh, to take a penalty kick, but he buries it. He does his job. The LA Galaxy get back within one. Seven minutes later, Steven Gerrard gets his first goal for the LA Galaxy. Maybe a little bit of a broken play, maybe a little fortunate, but quite honestly, the Galaxy at this point were uh, were balls to the wall. Lexi, they were going for for goals, and uh, and they were really putting the pressure on San Jose. It was a deserved goal, quite honestly, for for just the amount of work that the Galaxy. Were we're doing at this part, and especially somebody like Sebastian Legette. Mm-hmm. And and Steven Gerrard actually started the play, dished it, not a great dish, it went back behind, but ultimately they recirculated and he found himself on the back, and then he just finished it. Look, there's there's hundreds of players that could have finished that, right. but there's not hundreds of players that are legends like Steven Gerrard playing in his first MLS game for the Los Angeles Galaxy, the first time we've ever seen him play for a different club in his career. And so that's what makes it special. And to see that celebration and that classic type of celebration yet in a Galaxy jersey, I think was surreal for a whole lot of people. But it, it, it started something that continued throughout the game. And that was this smile mm-hmm. on Steven Gerrard. And, and for those that have followed him, especially over the last couple of years, we haven't seen a happy Steven Gerrard in a long time. And it was amazing to me watching the game to see how happy he was. And not just because he scored, not just because the team was... But he genuinely seemed to be enjoying himself, and maybe for the first time in a long time. And that, that bodes well for him and for the Galaxy going forward. And just that smile that was a consistent presence on his face throughout that game was, was fun to see. Well, here you go. The sound after the game from Steven Gerrard talking about his contribution and his smile. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with my contribution tonight. And um, I don't smile much in and around the place because I'm always focused and looking forward to the next job. Um, but, you know, I'm really happy sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the level. Um, I feel very confident. I'm happy with my teammates and the level we've got. And, you know, we're only going to get stronger when we get some more bodies fit and available as well. So I think the future's bright here, so I'm, pre- I'm pretty happy. The future is bright for Steven Gerrard. He was smiling the entire post-game press conference, I must say. Um, he, he at one point even said that he felt like a, uh, like a schoolboy out there and that he was really just enjoying the game. I mean, whenever you have a player like Steven Gerrard come, I, I don't think there was ever any question about him particularly. But with designated players, you want guys who want to play mm-hmm. and, and who are dedicated to having to work hard because this is not a vacation and everybody sort of understands that, especially when you see the way Robbie Keane plays. So Robbie Keane... Uh, knew right away that Steven Gerrard was going to have to come here and work, but he gets rewarded. He gets the goal. Um, he was fitting in well with this team. They did well on the night. I mean, it, there's no reason not to smile. No. I mean, if you're a Galaxy fan right now, you've got to be pretty pumped for what is happening and what uh, Chris Klein and Bruce Arena have done over this this summer and what AEG is doing for for you. Now, there's still some... Some, some, there's going to be some, some bumps in the road going yep. forward. You still have to integrate guys like Giovanni Dos Santos 
Where does Jesse's artist fit in when he comes back in? But those are all good problems to have. And it's good to have a guy like Bruce Arena who's dealt with things like this in the past and understands how MLS works. But Steven Gerrard and, and these types of players, are they're going to have to go on the road. They're going to face teams. They're going to have moments where things don't go the way that they did against uh, San Jose. And they're going to have to work through those. But it, it's going to be a fun process. And I, I am, I've always been excited about the Galaxy. But once again, this summer, the Galaxy has made me take notice and right. that's what big clubs that's what super clubs do everywhere in the world and the galaxy has done it once again yeah i was i was waiting for the super club talk. yeah i know, I, I know. I've, i'm drinking right now mandatory yep i know there we go everybody it's a drinking game you can play at home um but yeah no you're, you're absolutely right and and being you know a fan and, and and watching this team work both you know behind the scenes and you know out front in the public you can see their dedication to being one of the best clubs in north america and you know this is a step towards that giovanni dos santos obviously is there and you're right lots of integration issues to come back but you know the bottom line is that right now the la galaxy at least at home alexi Mm -hmm. are a very good team i mean they're one of the tops in major league soccer now if they can somehow translate some of that success to actually winning a game on the road which they haven't done since august of 2014 we're, we're almost here we've almost gone a full calendar year without them winning on the road um that's gonna be their next step and that's where that's where i'm still worried still waiting to see things click because they're not the same team they're not the same team as what? As, as they are at home. Well, yes, but are they the same team as they were last year because it worked out okay last year? Yeah, it did, but they, they actually you know won games on the road last year. Just their last one was the middle. So they won some beforehand. They had a lot of draws. They didn't win anything in the playoffs. You're right. But you still have to, you have to get the monkey off your back. It has to happen, right? Yeah, it will happen. And they, ha- and they certainly have the talent. And they are, after this summer, going to be a better team at least terms of the talent that they have putting that together and winning on the road is about is a mentality it's often has nothing to do with yes yes you have to be good and you have to be able to compete from a talent perspective but it really is a mental type of adjustment that you that you have to make and whether it's stuck in this team and that's probably a good thing having new players that are coming back in uh, coming in or, or players that are coming back into the full where that that pervasive type of mentality kind of gets thrown out because there's new people and and if it's a Steven Gerrard or Giovanni Dos Santos, they're going to want to win. It doesn't matter whether it's home or away. And maybe that's a good thing to have new faces in given the fact that, like you said, they are going to have to find a way to win at some point if they want to get better. Absolutely. All right. So the LA Galaxy then um, go up or it's tied 2-2 at halftime. They come back. 64th minute, Robbie Keane gets a goal off of a set piece. The set piece taker now is uh, Steven Gerrard, a new addition to uh, the LA Galaxy sort of set piece repertoire, which is good because Stefan Ishizaki was the guy who was taking a lot of those. He's gone Mm -hmm. now. So Mm -hmm. obviously, Steven Gerrard, no brainer, will take most of these set pieces whenever it comes to anything near goal, anything he can either have a, a good look at or anything else like that. I mean, that's sort of the, the idea there. Yeah, and he puts it on a platter, and he puts it into places that are dangerous. And even even in the goal, it wasn't a traditional type of service in. It was right. you're, everyone's kind of waiting for the cross in, and yet it was much more of a, of a low-driven pass with wonderful accuracy and, and wonderful timing. And these are the types of things and these are the types of moments. That's what, that's what you pay for. And I think that people that went to, to this game to, with a curiosity were left saying, hey, this is, this is something that's pretty cool. And I think that Robbie Keane 
looks at, yes, I have another person that I trust, that I understand, he understands me, that can make me better, and that can help me score a bunch of goals. And he's probably licking his chops at that possible scenario. But like you said, they, they still have to play defense. And if they get caught out by a good team that puts them under the gun in that first 15 minutes and puts them down 2 nothing, there there's no coming back. No, no, there, there's not. Um, you know, as you advance through this game again, it just sort of uh, it, it accelerates towards the end of this game. The 80th minute, uh, Baggio Husidic gets taken down in the box on a, on a sort of broken play after a shot. Uh, clear penalty kick. Robbie Keane comes up, buries his second one of the night. Uh, second penalty kick of the night, his third goal of the night, another hat trick for Robbie Keane. Uh, and then Sebastian Legette, the hardest working player on the LA Galaxy for most of this game um, who should have had a goal earlier in the game that went off the post off of a little bit of a volley just unlucky for it not to go in um, gets his goal in stoppage time uh, assisted by Robbie Rogers so all is good everything looks pretty good I mean that's all everything everything works well there well, I mean, he's been a revelation and, and just an absolutely inspired signing and in a long list of inspired signings from Bruce Arena. This is what he does. He, he, he sees things that others don't uh, or others have forgotten, and he finds ways to have these players come in. And while he'll, he'll probably not get the attention that he deserves, absolutely, if, if the Galaxy goes on to do big things, uh, that signing and what he has meant to this team has to be brought in as as one of uh, one of the best in in recent times. I sa- I said this and I've said it many times and it is an oversimplification of what exactly is going on with the LA Galaxy. But Sebastian, you could sign somebody like Steven Gerrard, you can sign somebody like Giovanni Dos Santos, and Sebastian Legette could be the best signing that you made out of the two. Although. That's mostly from a soccer perspective and not a general overall understanding. I think it no, he's not going to sell tickets or anything, no. but he's going to win you games. And in this, look, we are still, while there is started to be a little bit of a separation, still the parody, the manufactured parody is there, and it's going to be there for a long time. And that's something that a guy like Steven Gerrard is going to have to deal with because it's not a situation that he's been in be- before where, you're, where he's mostly played in a, in, league, in, a, in a league with the haves and the have-nots, and more often than not, he's been on a team that has had right. the haves, part of, has been one of the haves. So this is a situation where, yes, he's playing on the Galaxy where he's got a lot of talent around him, but he's not going to roll over other teams. And so to, to the extent that you can have those players like Sebastian, that, that is huge. And Bruce Arena's understood this better than anybody for, for many, many years. And he'll sign the big stars, and they'll, they'll make the money, and they'll sell the tickets, and it'll help increase the brand. But part of the, the, the value of the Galaxy brand is that they win, and they win consistently. And how they really do it is, is through those types of players. All right, so uh, let's go over some of this post-game audio. We'll, cl- we'll cr- cruise through a couple clips here. Um, I have, as I told everybody on Twitter, I have 21 separate audio clips that I've put wow. together. Yeah, I know. We're not going to listen to all of them. Don't worry. I would never do that to people. You, why, why would you want to do that? You would not get to hear me. I mean, that's, that's the most important part of this show. So uh, let's hear from Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena after the game on how the LA Galaxy played. Well, they played well. Our uh, first 20 minutes of the game was not good. It was sloppy. Uh, Last 20, 25 minutes of the first half got better, and the second half was uh, a pretty solid half. I, I thought our guys responded real well. I think uh, uh, fortunate to get that penalty, and then the second goal was important for us to get a, get us back in the game. And I think I think we played well in the second half. Robbie and uh, and, and Stevie looked like they played together before. You know, they uh, obviously two very good players and. Uh, this is why we have uh, Stevie Gerard here. We think he's going to be a player that's going to make our team better. 
All right, there's Bruce Arena uh, stating the obvious. Uh, obviously, it's it, it is good. You get uh, Robbie Keane and uh, and Steven Gerrard pairing together nicely. So uh, that's a plus. That's something that uh, definitely the LA Galaxy can build off of. Uh, if we look at Kino here, uh, Kino talking about his combination with uh, Steven Gerrard as well after the LA Galaxy's five two win over San Jose. Yeah, you can see the, the combination, a few the overs, a few little one twos that we were playing. Uh, we played with each other was uh, was very very good. As you said. As the game went on, we were getting better and better. The game opened up a little bit. Um, we were finding Stevie more uh, in them little in them little gaps. When you when you can find them more in them little gaps, well, it kind of it takes a lot of people out of the game, uh, and that was the case. And then that's how us two got a few good combinations. And uh, all right, so there's Robbie Keane after the game talking about Steven Gerrard. Obviously, did you know? And see, I don't know if this was this was widely broadcast, but Robbie Keane, Alexi, was actually. Um, uh, puking his guts out most of the day before this game. In fact, his wife told him at 2 o'clock that she goes up to him and she says, you're not playing in this game. And he's like, oh, I'm playing this game. Don't you worry about it. And, of course, Robbie Keane does end up playing the game and getting the hat trick. Ooh, legend. You the see? stuff of legends. <laughs> the stuff of legends. He said, no. <laughs> the galaxy and this city is, means too much to me. And, and I would be letting people down if I didn't. And he hydrated, yes. had some Pedialyte. yes. And he went and played, and he scored. And Amazing. He scored a hat trick. There you go. See, that's uh, you're right. <laughs> Stuff of like My- Michael Jordan esque, right there. Uh, obviously, yeah. uh, I think it's just funny me picturing, uh, you know, Claudine Keane going up to Robbie and trying to tell tell him that he's not going to be playing in a game. Like, you know, oh, you're too sick. You're not going to be playing in a game. And he just, I-, I can imagine the look he gives her. It's like, no, Robbie Keane would play if he had, if like both of his legs were broken, his arms were broken. If he could get out on the field, he'd play. So uh, there's never any doubt. I just think it's a funny situation. I, I would never see. Uh, ro- I don't think she wins a lot of arguments. I don't think. I, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, we can certainly delve into this and try to figure it out. But uh, look, if he if that if he scores three goals every time he's sick, then he should be sick uh, more often. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That, that's how it works. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that uh, would sort of pique anybody's interest here. Uh, Sebastian Legette is one of the uh, one of the best guys to talk to after the games, but his sound bites are about ten seconds each, so we can play uh, one of those. We'll uh, we'll talk about the one he's mentioned beside. Uh, Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard all the time now, especially whenever he's in the combination. So somebody asked him how he feels being sort of uh, named in those in the same same sentence as those two legends. So here he is talking after the game. Well, uh, I mean, I hope so. I mean, it's it's a blessing to be named between those guys. I mean, they're, you know, they're legends in the game and, and they're showing it out there. And, uh, you know, I'm just doing my part. There you go. Just doing his part, Alexi. Nothing, nothing outrageous, nothing courageous. Sebastian Legette just doing what he does. Good Lord willing, just trying to help the ball club. Just um, <laughs> yeah, well, we players—that's what they're they're going to say. And I, one of the the interesting thing is when you come up and play against or with some of these players, is you very quickly realize that they are just players, and at times they do things better than than you do. But I think he's recognizing that all oh, it's the same game; they play the exact same game. And maybe they play it better, uh, like I said, at, at individual times. But that, that's important to get over that awe factor as quickly as you possibly can because, and recognize that this is going to help you. And I think he has uh, the, the understanding that playing with these guys is going to help make him look better. 
And so ride that train as long as you can. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You you want to you want to do that. You want to use those guys as much as possible. Jossie's artist knows how to use that. Uh, yep. Landon yep. Donovan, Robbie Keane there. So uh, so that's what you got to do. That's how you get paid. And uh, and Sebastian Legette certainly is good. All right. The last one before we talk real quickly about Barcelona. Actually, you know what? We're going to say Barcelona for the second segment whenever we come back. Um, here is uh, Steven Gerrard talking about uh, playing. 88 minutes, all right? Or actually, excuse me, let's do this one instead. I'm playing his first California Classico, so here he is. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this game uh, for a long time. Uh, I met Bruce and Chris um, back in the winter in England, and they said to me, look, the, the number one game get yourself ready for is is this evening's game. Uh, they were talking about derby matches and how much it meant to the supporters, and I love playing in derbies. I wish I could play in them every week. I used to love the rivalry against Everton and Manchester United back home, and... Um, I look forward to these battles moving forward, but um, I'll be up for every single game that I'm selected for. There you go, Steven Gerrard. He's saying all the right things, Alexi, and I learned something very, very important about Steven Gerrard in this press conference. What's that? That is that he likes to use the microphone on the left, while Bruce likes to use the microphone on the right, which is why the sound sounds like he's a little further away than Bruce was, mm. because my mm. mic was still in front of the one on the right, where Bruce always sits. So, so now, this is my question to you before, before we go to break here. Yes. Obviously, you have to get comments from these guys. Yes. Is it better for you, in terms of the interest level, to get a Steven Gerrard quote, knowing that he's not going to say anything that interesting when it really comes down to it? That's not his gig. Uh, or to get a Bruce Arena quote, quote which might not have the, the global appeal, but you know you're going to get some good, juicy stuff. Um, I, like, I, I think for the, for the average fan and for this show, I think it's best if I get both because you, you still get sort of that Bruce Arena, the, the ornery Bruce Arena, which I enjoy immensely now and understand, I think, better than I ever did when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to hear what Steven Gerrard says just because – I want to hear him continue to say the right things because whenever he says this, then I'm I, I feel like I'm still invested. Like like I still ha- I'm still invested. He's still saying the right things. He's still playing the game the right way that I expect it to be played. And then as long as that happens, I think I feel a lot better about a 35 year old coming over from Liverpool to play on this team. I well, mean, there's a newness to it too. So maybe I'll ask you in six months yeah. if you could only have one. Are you going to ask Bruce Arena for a quote or yeah. Steven Gerrard? In terms of putting it on the show, which we know is ultimately entertainment and, and, and information, right. and what, what works best for you. So we'll, we'll wait a little bit on that. There are definitely guys who do not make the show because they say the same thing over and over again. All right? So that's just between you and me. That's, no, no, that's I understand. What, yeah. But are they of the stature of Stephen? Oh, Stephen. <laughs> that, that's kind of. Yeah. And that's the balance that you have to do. That is. That is. Whenever yeah. David Beckham was on and I got sound from David Beckham made it every time. Robbie Keane makes it most of the time because he's Robbie Keane. So I imagine that Stephen Gerrard will still be there. Giovanni Dos Santos will also be high on my list of people who people will hear all the time. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break. In case you in case you don't know this music. Lexi Lawless right here. Right? Yeah. This is good. This is good stuff right here. All right, you can go to iTunes and download this off of Infinity Spaces. I did it. That's how I have this music. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever we get back, talking FC Barcelona real quick. Lots of LA Galaxy team news, standings, schedule, San Jose coming up on Saturday. Still a whole bunch to get to. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back.
recording from COG Studios and not their mom's basement. It's Corner of the Galaxy. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman, very special guest co-host Alexi Lawless back with you once again. Still got a bunch to talk about. Still a busy segment. Again, Alexi Lawless playing right here. Infinity Spaces, go to iTunes, download it, make him rich. Oh, wow. One, one penny at a time. Exactly. Great idea. <laughs> all right. So I said, uh, first of all, whenever I went to break, I said playing San Jose at the end, and we've already played San Jose, so we're going to play Houston on Saturday, just in case you're confused. And now I've got you go- looking for the next podcast, the actual new one. Uh, you're still on the right one here. So uh, the Barcelona game, obviously international friendly, whatever it, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It means, it means nothing, Alexi. It, it lines pockets with cash, which I'm okay with. That's fine well, with me. Yeah, I mean, well, look, there is there is the obvious economic benefits for both of the teams involved, but there's also a, a bigger uh, and important part of it, which is if you have a huge brand like the like Barcelona coming into your market, and right now it is the Galaxy's. I know LAFC is coming, but right now it is the Galaxy's market. You want to make sure that you control that message, and you want to make sure that you're a part of it. And oftentimes you're not, and so this is great. This was important for the Galaxy to be a part of it and to. Uh, obviously play the game and to maybe expose some folks to the Galaxy brand that aren't on a continual basis exposed to it. So I think uh, the score was fine. Uh, the doesn't mean anything, obviously, in, right. in terms of the competitive sense, but it was it was a fun game and 93,000-plus uh, people out. It was really cool, actually, to see the Rose Bowl. And, and I was sitting on, on set because we were doing it for Fox. I was sitting on set watching it with Eric Winaldo, and we started thinking back to all the different games that we had played there. And there was a real history, and it uh, started getting real nostalgic for, for those days, as great as the StubHub Center is and all. Uh, yeah. Some people that never had the opportunity to kind of go to those types of environments at the Rose Bowl back in the day. Well, it's it's a non-pressure game. I think if you're a fan, and I used to go to this game. In fact, I went to the one, last time the LA Galaxy played uh, FC Barcelona as a fan, sat in the seats, and I enjoyed it. It was fun to be able to cheer for the Galaxy, and it was fun to be able to see players that you don't normally see at a level that's clearly much higher than Major League Soccer. Nobody would ever say that. And you get a chance to, you know, see somebody, you know, back whenever I saw it was, you know, Messi, and you, you could see some of those players. So they weren't, you know, not everybody was there for Barcelona. That's fine. It was a two-to-one game. Uh, the first Team for the LA Galaxy did okay. AJ De La Garza, whenever your defender is your is your best player, usually yeah. usually you have problems, Alexi. But AJ played absolutely great in the first half. You love that to see run it. up the right hand side was was a thing of beauty, and and he got up. He took the ball. He went all the way up the right hand side, and then figured out that I'm all alone up here. What am I going to do? And he stopped and came back. But it was fun to see Lasseter out there and those types of uh, younger yep. players. So, uh, it, and it, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout. And so the message in terms of the score line that went out after the game that was uh, that was good. Really, it was a fun it was a fun game to watch. It, it was a fun game to watch. You you talked about the second team. You know Ari Lasseter. Um, you talked about I think Bradford Jameson played on that second team. Andrew Wolverton, the six foot six uh, LA Galaxy goalkeeper who I'm very high on, uh, made, made a couple good saves there. Uh, nothing he could really do on the goal. You, you know, the Galaxy gave up some, some scrappy goals, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing ridiculous, and Luis Suarez, again, def- redefines the rules of soccer with his handball. I'll continue to say that was a handball, so I'm fine with that. Uh, the speed of play is going to help this team as far as going forward. The only issue that, of course, you have is that you have an injury, it looks like, to Bajia Husidic, unknown now if he plays on Saturday against Houston. So um, that's the downside. That can happen. Um, people talk about a Wait, to who? Uh, to Baggio Husidic. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he had a little right leg injury. Okay. Uh, Bruce doesn't know whether or not it's serious or not. You know, normal Bruce. He, he wouldn't tell you if his leg fell off, so that's okay anyway. Uh, but 93,286 people, I believe, was the, was the final there. It's the largest crowd to ever see a soccer game in the United States that featured an MLS team. And the reason that you have to make that distinction, I think, is that Chelsea and Manchester United played at the Big House in Michigan and had like 106,000 people. So, yep. so yep. That's, that's the one that you, uh, that you won't beat at the Rose Bowl. There's not enough seats, but nonetheless. Uh, some some good stuff for the LA Galaxy. I think they're going to do okay off of that. And uh, you know, again, I I enjoyed it. I got to sit in the in the Rose Bowl press box for the first time. Uh, it was way too quiet for me. I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as as, as StubHub Center where I can actually hear the crowd. So um, with ninety three thousand people, I think I missed an integral part of that uh, that particular game. But is what it is. I hope everybody now has left the Rose Bowl parking lot. <laughs> they're still, they're just they're piling st- out still. They're still making their way out. It's always <laughs> always fun. Uh, let's get to some LA Galaxy team news. All star selections. Robbie Keane has been added to the list of uh, all star players, along with Omar Gonzalez and Steven Gerrard. Alexi, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard both make the all star roster. It's an abomination. Clearly. Um, the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of <laughs> soccer um, outside of, uh, of Geiger and his penalty kick call last night. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're going to televise the All-Star game at Fox, and so I'll be out in Denver uh, this coming week uh, doing all the different festivities. In the list of things that bother me in life, the fact that the commissioner named uh, Steven Gerrard and, and uh, Frank Lampard as the commissioner's picks for the All-Star game is way down there <laughs> in terms of things that I worry about. This is a manufactured spectacle. This is right. a performance and an entertainment event that is designed not for you and I, Mm-mm. not for us junkies of MLS. It's designed to bring as many people into the tent as possible. And how do you do that? Well, you have stars. I hate to break it to you. Yep. And I have absolutely no problem uh, with this. It makes it a better spectacle. It makes it better for television. It makes it better for people that are going to be there. And the fact that they uh, added the two... Um, Additional spots in terms of the money right. satisfies the contractual agreement with the uh, CBA and all that, which is the, absolutely the right thing to do. But it's it's really not that big a deal. It, it's it's not a big deal. I, in fact, I'm more upset that Robbie Keane and Omar Gonzalez and Steven Gerrard have to go play in an All Star game because, as everybody knows, I vote for Seattle players every year, as many of them as I possibly can. So um, that's more <laughs> more wear and tear on the legs, Alexi. I'm playing this game smart. I don't want there any of my go. guys going. There you right? go. So, uh, there's a there's a bigger prize out there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Oscar Sorto and uh, and Bradford Jamison the fourth uh, are announced to play in the Chipotle MLS homegrown game, which will be coached by Landon Donovan. So this is sort of the young guys uh, who get to go out and play the day before at the All-Star game. Um, on July 28th is the is the homegrown game who will be played against Club America, the U-20 side. Uh, happy for Bradford Jamison IV. Glad he's back playing after his concussion with the uh, with the U-20s, or is U-23s? U-20, U-23s down in New Zealand? I can never remember which ones it was, but regardless of which one it was, uh, he had a concussion. He's now back. Everything looks looks pretty good for him. Glad to see him going there, and he'll get to match back up with Landon Donovan there. So happy about that. No surprises there, right, Alexi? Nah, no, well, there's no surprises. I'm, I'm interested to see Landon Donovan in his coaching Coach, debut, if his, you will. His coaching debut. It should be a, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, here is the big news. Uh, before we get to the fun news, the big news is the LA Galaxy announced today as we're recording this podcast on a Thursday that they launched a high school educational program at StubHub Center. This basically allows for students to get that high school education 
while still being inside this professional sort of umbrella and the professional environment. They'll get to train with the LA Galaxy, Alexi. They'll mm-hmm. get to train with the LA Galaxy, too. And then they also get their high school requirements as well. This is a huge step for the LA Galaxy and for MLS. Huge, huge. And I think we're, we don't realize yet how big it is uh, and how important it is. for Because, as you know, we live in a culture that recognizes, especially when it comes to soccer, that education is important and forfeiting that opportunity it's, it, it's very difficult for families to do that for their their young sons right and so the ability to have both of these but to control them and in a certain way do a better job than many of them may have uh participated in in under a normal setting that's great now uh, the devil's in the details and, and how they go about rolling this out and the first class and the second class and what those, what, not just what those soccer players are, but what those people are that they graduate and now literally graduate uh, from this program. That's going to be really telling. And I, and I can't wait to see it because there's going to be plenty of problems along the way and how they do it. But I was talking to Peter Vaganas today, who uh, is headed up this effort and, and, he was really, really excited. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I told him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and the Galaxy should be very, very proud that they're doing this. And it's not, like I said, it's not going to be without some problems along the way. But I think they're doing something that is going to benefit them, not just from a soccer perspective, because we all know one or two players ultimately make it to either go on to be stars and sell tickets or go on to be assets that you sell on uh, for money. The rest of them, the ability to educate them while giving them every opportunity to be those stars from a right. soccer perspective, that's great. And uh, I think that college soccer coaches will be looking at this and saying, hey, if I have an opportunity to get both the, the scholastic part of it and the athletic part of it, and I know what I'm getting from these players that are coming out, that's going to be very, very interesting. Yes. I think there's going to be a lot of players that want to move to Los Angeles to be a part of this. That, that, and again, that's another, you know, even even that part uh, as far as moving them there and, and now you're moving them there and then possibly, you know, making them part of that academy, getting them under the LA Galaxy too. I mean, the pipeline is there. But as you said, a lot of these players aren't going to be the, you know, aren't going to eventually turn out to be that great player. And so they're still getting an education and they can still... Um, you know, go to college, and now that maybe they even have a bump going to college, and you know, mm-hmm. ultimately they could possibly prof- be still be professional soccer players after they get all that educational value from everything else that happens. So there's there's no break in the line now. Um, this is what I think the United States, you know, developmental system sort of needed was more uh, these established um, now pipelines of players that are going to professional soccer. So I want to continue to see that, and this was the perfect step in the right direction. You talk about them starting the USL team last year. And, and staying ahead of everybody else who now did it this year, and they've yep. again taken the other another step where they stay ahead of everybody. And if they continue to do that, I mean, you know, it's hard to keep taking those steps. But they continue to do that, then this continues to be a dynasty sort of situation here. You're going to see the pipeline continue to grow, and they're going to have the best players from a soccer hotbed here in Southern California as it is. Well, look, I know that this is a, a galaxy-centric type of uh, podcast, but this isn't all about kissing the galaxy's ass or anything like right. that. But in, in many of the things that we've talked about here, uh, yes, they are leaders, and yes, they are doing things. And absolutely, it has to be said, they have the wherewithal to do it because of the money that AEG uh, affords them. But it's one thing to have the money. It's another thing to actually put it into things 
that are going to help you both now and in the future. And the Galaxy seems to continue to be ahead of the game and leading. And you just have to look at, the, you know, flatteries is, is the sincerest form. Uh, and when you have other teams that recognize how good it is and want to do it, and I think that they will see this too, and it will be another situation where other teams will come along later and want to do these types of things, uh, that's the type of uh, organization, that's the type of club that uh, that you want to be a part of and that you want to follow. Yeah, it is, and uh, it, it continues to you know it, it makes other people jealous, and I like that. That that at least yep. makes me happy. I, that's the good stuff. All right, so for the fun news now, um, you guys don't know about this. The listeners here don't know about this. Lexi, I'm not even sure if you know about the LA Galaxy StubHub Center, really awesome staff soccer league. Um, but there's something very important going on right now, and Los Trace, that's LA Galaxy 3, for those of you who are paying attention. LA Galaxy 3 is currently still undefeated right now, and I told them that I would give them a shout-out if they continued their undefeated run right now. They are they are 6-0-2 with 20 points. They're running away from the other teams like Cosmo AC and Klein FC and Real Vajenas, right? So Pete's got mm-hmm. his own team. you got Cosmo's got his own. Chris Klein's got his own team out there, but... Los Trace, LA Galaxy 3, running away from it right now. Uh, So I don't know. Maybe this is the jinx that needed to happen, that they're going to stumble. But two wins yesterday continued the undefeated streak. Uh, My my hat is tipping to you right now, uh, Los Trace. I wish you the best. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. I think, quite honestly, I think, you know, the the Chris Klein FC is going to mount a comeback here. So it's going to be interesting to see. Are, are there any summer signings on the horizon? I mean, uh, are we looking at any kind of changes it, it, well, before I really invest myself in something like well, this? Well, with Los Trace, I will say Los Trace does have the uh, the ability or, or has the players that have two internationally capped goalkeepers on that team that may have something to do with it. Really? really? Yes. So, it, Well, it's there are super clubs, and then there are super clubs within super clubs. So that's pretty amazing. There we go. So there's Los Trace. Uh, the standings real quick. The LA Galaxy in second place in the Western Conference, just behind FC Dallas. 34 points for the LA Galaxy, 35 points for FC Dallas. FC Dallas play, has played two less games, and also their points per game much higher, 1.75. Um, again, look at that points per game, people. That's really where you're going to sort of see how some of this stuff should sort of pan out. With Sporting Kansas City at 1.83 points per game, and have having only played 18 games to the LA Galaxy's 22 games. I don't know who made that schedule up, but that's that's a ridiculous yeah, it's, difference. It's, it's so difficult, but how, how about that Western Conference? That's I so mean, difficult. nine points separate the top from the bottom, and I know there's, there's different games played and all that, right. but... Once again, the Western Conference is <laughs> it's there's gonna be some real good teams that don't make the playoffs. That that is absolutely how it's gonna be. The LA Galaxy in the supporter shield race. Uh we started updating you this uh last week as the LA Galaxy climbed towards that. Uh in third place right now in the supporter shield, they are behind FC Dallas, who's at the top, DC United in second place, the LA Galaxy in third, Vancouver's just below them, and Sporting Kansas City also just below them in fifth. All right. So now we go on, preview the Houston versus LA Galaxy game. This is the Houston Dynamo host the LA Galaxy at six PM on Saturday, July. 25th. Uh, this is in Houston. Uh, Steven Gerard, Gerard gets his first taste of a hot summer game in Texas. Uh, so it should be good to watch. Time Warner Cable Sportsnet, Time Warner Cable Deportes uh, on the radio, 980 AM, the Beast, the Beast app, and 1330 AM in Espanol for all our Spanish speakers. Uh, okay. Houston, not doing great the last couple of games. Last game was a 2 nothing loss at RSL. They lost the game before that as well. What do you expect from Houston here, Alexi? Well, the good part about being in a, in a conference that uh, allows you to make up a lot of ground very, very quickly um, is that 
let's see, if Houston were to win, they could jump to right below the uh, the playoff uh, format. I mean, it's Houston's a strange team, right? And you're not going to face uh, Giles Barnes, right? Uh, because he will be uh, playing in a in a Gold Cup final, right? Is that uh, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he, so that's he that's a good thing for the uh, from the Los Angeles Galaxy's perspective. But it's a strange team. They 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 went. Um, in a very different direction with the uh, with the hiring of Owen Coyle, and they are still trying to figure themselves out. Now, I don't know. You maybe you can tell me this. What's Kubo's deal? It looks like he could possibly play. This will be his first Ooh. game. It's there's a chance. I don't know if they if it, if it's completely 100 percent yet. But you you look at some of the suspensions as well. You have Kofi Sarkodie suspended because he got a red card in the last game. Yep. All right. Robbie Rogers is suspended for this game. No left back for the LA Galaxy. Probably going to have to go with Todd Dunavant because of yellow card accumulation. And then Luis Garrido also suspended because of yellow card accumulation for the Houston Dynamo. So you're missing players on international duty. You have yellow card suspensions. Kubo could play. Giles Barnes not going to be there. Uh, you know, Jossie Zardes, Omar Gonzalez, Jaime Pinedo won't be there unless Panama right. completely forfeits that game and, and, come, <laughs> and comes home early. I don't see that happening. So, uh, you know, all that stuff. So this is... Or he could wait. Wait, is the game... Was it Saturday or Sunday? It, this game is on Saturday. No, it's Saturday. So no, no way no. he's getting there. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah, they got to forfeit the game. I was going to say if it was Sunday, he could actually get there yeah. by not playing the third place game and then kind of go there. Uh, this is going to be a difficult game for the Galaxy. Uh, on paper, the Galaxy is a better team right. and has better individual talent. But like you said... First taste for, for Steve and welcome to Houston. Welcome to summertime in, in Texas. Yep. Uh, probably be unlike anything he's uh, experienced in the past to a certain extent. He's, I mean, he's played internationally, so he's played in hot places. But th- these are the types of games that where you know, there's not all, all the attention and there's not all the expectation that are a grind. And these are the type of games that we talk about in the summer in MLS that are just grinding it out. They're not going to be pretty. Right. They're not going to be anything that you're going to put in a time capsule. And I don't, I don't expect this one to be, uh, to be any different. And if, and like you said, the problem is that once again, the galaxy is not great on the road. And this is, this is one of those games where you, uh, you, you feel like you're going to be left after the 90 minutes going, God, I didn't see anything that excited me in the least, and my team lost, if you're a Galaxy fan. Right, right. No, it, it very well could, and, and that's sort of you know, just the way it is. The, the, here's the weather forecast. I just looked it up as you were, as you were oh, talking. Okay. Yeah, uh, 100 degrees on Saturday is the Sweet. high. Um, the good news <laughs> is they'll be kicking off at 8. Um, the bad news is it'll probably still still be about 90 degrees whenever that happens. So um, it's going to be hot. Steven Gerrard has probably, uh, well, he, he Taylor Twelman talked to him, and they talked about Manaus whenever down in the, right, down in the right, World Cup. Right. There you so go. this will be, you know, pretty pretty comparable to that. Um, Manaus's, yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So we'll see how that goes. I, the interesting thing here is whenever you look at just sort of the LA Galaxy and, and what they do on the road, they concede almost two goals per game on the road. They only score about .8 goals per game, so they score less than a ga- less than a goal a game. They haven't done it with Steven Gerrard yet, so I mean, really, this is the first real big test besides the RSL US Open Cup game, which was you know just sort of a throwaway for the LA Galaxy as far as it it, it mattered just getting the team more minutes. That was the big part of that one. So Houston at home scores almost one and a half goals per game. They they uh, they concede a bunch at home too. So for me, watching the games, watching some of Houston's games, looking at it, I I see that there's weaknesses in the midfield, weaknesses in defense and for the LA Galaxy and the strength that they have both in the midfield now and in the offensive end with with Robbie Keane up top and whoever they decide to place up next to him um I see like this is a golden opportunity for the LA Galaxy to get their first win in the, on the road in 2015 
I mean, like you said, the, Houston doesn't score a lot of goals. No. And they are, what are they, the same for goals against pretty much the, uh, as the Galaxy. So, Galaxy, pop a goal early, hang on, dirty it up. <laughs> Make it uh, make it ugly and get out of the get out of dodge with three points. It is uh, it because is. they're not going to score a lot of goals. So you just got to find a way to get that goal. Yeah, get it past uh, Tyler Derrick, who has I think three save of the uh, the weeks already. If your goalkeeper is making that many saves and and that many save of the week, uh, dramatic saves, then your defense isn't doing its job. All right, there's one of the reasons Jaime Pinedo hasn't had that many nominations because the LA Galaxy defense, for the most part, does a uh, does a pretty good job. But uh, Leonardo will of course be playing in this game for those of you wishing that he would get shipped off somewhere he hasn't yet um he's still on the la galaxy and uh he's he's going to have to face off against uh a somewhat we'll see who plays for houston if it's kubo torres you know will bruin will be there um so having to deal with bruin is going to be uh going to be an interesting thing for that la galaxy backline I'm, I'm excited to see it do you have a feel for this game alexi do you feel like uh perhaps the la galaxy are going to win this game or or do you think this is this has draw written all over it yeah, this is draw written all over. It. <laughs> One of those games where it's just it's just ugly. Um, is so so is Leonardo? Is that is that people? Is people, that what people don't aren't, aren't uh, up on that? Huh? No, they don't, no, no, they said that the LA Galaxy stuff. the LA Galaxy have found the only Brazilian who doesn't know how to play soccer. That's my favorite one. <laughs> Although well, Alex Kazumba was another one, so I don't. We seem to, you know, get all of the the Brazilians who can't play soccer. But Leonardo, I think, has played very well this year. Much better than the old Leonardo, where he would make you know two or three mistakes a game. Now it's like one mistake every two or three games. What about Rowe? What's the verdict on Rowe? I like Brian Rowe. Quite honestly, we've heard about Jaime Pinedo being angry or or upset that he's not getting the money paid uh, by the LA Galaxy. That's a, sort of the rumor that's been floating out there. And I said, you know, if it comes to them releasing him or trading him or doing something that you know makes him happy, um, I'm okay with Brian Rowe. I think you can win a uh, a championship uh, in front of Brian Rowe. In this wow, particular. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the LA Galaxy defense, whenever they're healthy, uh, is one of the best defenses in Major League Soccer with Omar Gonzalez. AJ Delagarza back there, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dan Gargan, and then Robbie Rogers. It's just a matter of keeping all those guys healthy and, and what the backups can do. So. so is it that you don't feel that Pinedo is as good as people think he is, or you think that Roe is better than people think he is? I think Roe is better than people think he is. I love Jaime Pinedo. I really, really do. He's a super nice guy and just works really hard, and he makes some great saves, but I don't think he's perfect. I don't think he's... Uh, you know, he, he gets labeled as one of the best goalkeepers in CONCACAF all the time, and one of the reasons the LA Galaxy picked him up was because he won that award in the uh, the Gold Cup, the last Gold Cup. Um, and I don't know that he lives up to that all the time. So, mm, but, I, but I like him. But I, yeah. I, I still like him. It, it doesn't mean anything. I didn't think Josh Saunders was all that. Well, you this, know? Isn't, this isn't about whether they're good good guys or anything like that. It's just, uh, uh, you know, it just <laughs> this is, is whether what they it can is. save the ball. It is what it is, whether or not they can save the ball. <laughs> Jaime Pinedo, for the most part, is is still a very integral part, and the LA Galaxy can win a championship. You think him. he's no back points. next year? No. Okay. Nope. Interesting. Don't see it. All right. There's, is there anything else you want to talk about before we... I'll leave this open to you. You were nice enough to come on, fill hey. in for my two slacker co-hosts that, um, you know, both had, you know, family stuff. I'm here recording on my birthday. Those guys can't even handle, you know, coming on whenever they, they have, like, you know, grandma's birthday or something like that. that well, then first and foremost, I want to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. I hope you have a, a wonderful party and people give you nice things and say nice things about you and add me to that list because uh, what you do is... Very, very important, whether you realize it or not. I'm not just, you know, 
saying that. Uh, what do I want to talk about? Yeah, is there anything we got? Like, you, we have as much time as you'd like, no, but realistically, no, no. we have three minutes left. No, 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 no. I, I uh, onward and upward. I, we are in the twentieth year of MLS, and obviously also the twentieth year of the Galaxy's existence. And we have talked a lot about the things that the Galaxy has done. Uh, of late, but they've also done incredible things since the start of this organization. And the fact that I have a, a, a small little connection to, uh, to the galaxy, um, it, uh, it, it means a lot to me. This, this, this team that you, that you all support out there, uh, means a lot to me. Does it mean that in my capacity on television, uh, I don't critique and at times criticize, uh, what happens on and off the field, but, uh, you sh- you're very, very fortunate. I hope the, I hope the galaxy faithful realize how fortunate they are because, uh, there's a lot of other teams that would kill or die to have the on and off the field things that go on um, at their at their disposal. So doesn't mean you don't uh, expect more and continue to expect more. Um, and I believe that they will continue to deliver it. What uh, what what game do you guys have this weekend? Okay, so uh, this weekend, uh, obviously, we we thought we were going to be flying to. Uh, Philadelphia right. to be doing studio for a U.S. Mexico matchup in the Gold Cup final. Yeah, uh, the, the U.S. team had other plans. Right. So we, I'll be in studio starting on Saturday morning actually for the preliminary World Cup 2018 <laughs> draw coming from St. Petersburg. So I know you'll all be up early to watch that um, as we find out where the European groups are going to be. Right. From a from a U.S. perspective, the only thing of interest uh, would be. That they decide who that you know we all know that Concacaf has three and a half places. Well, they decide who the other confederation that they are going to play against for that fourth place. If you remember last time, Mexico finished in fourth place and ended up playing against uh, New Zealand, right, uh, right. so Oceania. So they decide who the other federation is, or who the other confederation is that uh, shares that half spot, and then will play that playoff game. So that might be interesting, and that will dovetail into the third place game, which which will uh, include the U.S. versus Panama. Right. And then Sunday is the Gold Cup final, and then Monday heading off to uh, to Denver as we as we talked about for an All Star Game celebration extravaganza. All right, there you go. So so a busy, still busy schedule for you. Uh, maybe not exactly the schedule everybody thought it would be, but uh, quite honestly. Uh, if I'm allowed to talk about U.S. soccer, uh, Jamaica should have won that game. They played better. Um, I thought that uh, U.S. soccer did well, um, but not on that night, not in that case. Um, too little, too late for me, and uh, that's disappointing. That's too bad. Uh, I think that, uh, quite honestly, the U.S. should be in that final, and we should expect them to be, and the fact that they're Absolutely. not. I think Absolutely. That's, that's no excuse for not nope. being in that final. There's none. No. You can, it, is, it was an unmitigated failure, as I said on air, and uh, you are right to question this team. You are right to question Jurgen Klinsmann. Uh, should a should a coach be changed merely because of one result? Absolutely not. But this wasn't losing to, for example, in the past we've lost to Brazil in the semifinals, or right. we've lost to Mexico in the final. This was losing to Jamaica, and with all due respect to Jamaica, the U.S. should beat Jamaica in a Gold Cup semifinal to go to the Gold Cup. And keep in mind that this is in the context of what happened in 2011, where then coach Bob Bradley. Uh, lost to Mexico in the final of the Gold Cup and lost his job in the process. And so it's completely legitimate for you and others to look at this team and to look at Jurgen Klinsmann and say, is Jurgen Klinsmann the right person to lead this, uh, this team forward into 2018 uh, and, and have that conversation? It's all right. And by the way, it's, it's what Jurgen Klinsmann wants. He talks about it all the time. More competition, more focus, more pressure. 
from inside, from outside. So right. this is this is all good. This type of conversation, and it gives us obviously something to do. A- absolutely. Well, you know, the good news is the LA Galaxy's uh, Jassy's artist Omar Gonzalez and Alan Gordon will get to play against uh, Panama's uh, Jaime Pinedo there. So um, you know, if you're looking for any LA Galaxy tie-in, any LA Galaxy synergy, there it is for you. All right, Alexi. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I certainly appreciate it. It's been a, been a wonderful time, and uh, you, as always, were excellent. My pleasure. All right. If you want to follow Alexi Lawless on Twitter, first of all, if you're not doing it, you probably haven't been following soccer on Twitter for very long. At Alexi Lawless is where you can find him, and uh, check him out on Fox Sports, uh, the soccer analyst there. You're on TV all the time. Literally, I feel like you're, you're almost a part of my family. I turn on the TV, there you are again. Well, you know, I just give people the opportunity to scream and yell at me. So that's my gift to you and them. <laughs> very, very good. All right, Alexi, I certainly appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll for sure catch you next time, all right? All right, there's uh, Alexi Lawless. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Please follow us on Periscope. At Galaxy Podcast is where you want to do that. The LA Galaxy will face off against the Houston Dynamo. The Houston Dynamo coming up on Saturday. Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. Time Warner Cable Deportes is your television viewing time. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Make sure you're there. All right, I think that about does it for our very special guest host, Alexi Lawless. I'm Josh Guessman. Wishing you all the best. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye. Goodbye.